All right, everybody, what's up, man? It's Monday afternoon. I'm in a great mood, I got to tell you. Uh, even though it's rainy and wet and cold and soggy, and I get it, you know, it's uh, the rain is putting a you know, big damper on a lot of people's worlds, especially uh, throughout Southern California. LA is getting it, it's going to be worse there the next couple of days, Orange County as well. And here in San Diego, we know the story. So we'll get to all of that coming up. Um, let me start off by saying this that uh, excited for today's show because we've dispatched Alex to Vegas and it's me and Big Brown and we'll get to it here in just one second. Let me start off by thanking a couple of our partners that we don't do this without these folks. Seven Mile Casino, their website is sevenmilecasino.com and if you're thinking about where am I going to watch the big game on Sunday, think about this. Blackjack, poker, other table games, incredible food, great drinks, Free parking, easy to get in and out, seven minutes south of downtown San Diego, Bay Boulevard in Chula Vista, smoke-free. Do I really need to say more? You're playing cards while you're watching the big game. Seven Mile Casino, sevenmilecasino.com. Any problems with gambling, you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, hey, let me talk about prize picks, these guys right here. So I'm already starting to think about what am I doing for the big game because they're going to give us Patrick Mahomes at .5 yards passing. That is a gift. That is an automatic guarantee. Unless the kicker from San Francisco sets up where Travis uh, Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are warming up and Patrick Mahomes somehow trips over his helmet and doesn't play, that .5 yards passing, that is a gift from prize picks. So now, as football season is ending up, because we only have one game to go, and as basketball season is heating up, as we're headed toward the trade deadline and we're headed towards the all-star break, you take a football guy, put him together with a basketball guy, play a combo in the special section, and you're taking your winnings to an even higher level. Guys, this is so much fun. It changes the way you watch sports. It's easy to make deposits because you can use Apple Pay on your phone, and it's easy to take money out and get withdrawals. So have fun. Enjoy yourself. Take your sports viewing to the next level. Have a great time and become a winner on Prize Picks. Join me and over 7 million people worldwide that are playing Prize Picks. PrizePicks.com slash great friends. PrizePicks.com slash great friends. Okay. Uh, true story. Great uh, story this weekend. Guy comes up to me and he said, hey, um, you inspired me this week. And I said, oh, really? What did I do? And he said, you know, in the mornings, I drink three cups of coffee. And I heard you say you drink one cup of coffee. And then rather than going in for a second cup, you go right to the AG1, the Athletic Greens. Yeah, just like this. I take this, this right here, Athletic Greens. This is their bottle. I fill it with, they have 12 ounces. I probably use 14 ounces of water because I also think of this as a great hydration tool. One packet from right here, one drop of vitamin D, shake it up and put it down. I'm telling you guys right now, I don't, I'm not like Mr. You know, health. Like I'm not the paragon of all healthy people, but I don't take vitamins. I don't take any supplements. All I do is this. And then that's it. And I'm going to drink this the entire show, by the way, because I, I wanted to hydrate and I wanted to just drink it while we were on. I'm telling you right now, it tastes great. And you're getting everything you need, 75 vitamins, minerals, nutrients, superfoods, probiotics, and the vitamin D all right here in one. Get your subscription. So this gentleman said to me, because you inspired me, I drink too much coffee. I know that. And I'm ordering a subscription of Athletic Greens, AG1. AG1, you can use our, our QR code or go to athleticgreens.com slash Kaplan, athleticgreens.com slash Kaplan. Let's all be healthy together this year with Athletic Greens. All right, let's start the show. Hey, great friends. What's going on? It's Monday afternoon. Kaplan and crew with Grande, minus Grande, and the Brown Man. I'll explain in a second. We're coming to you from the Seven Mile Casino Studios. 
sevenmilecasino.com. I'm just putting this in your mind today on Monday. You're thinking about what you're planning on doing this upcoming Sunday for the big game. You want a combination of all of it in the same spot? Let's talk about it. Blackjack, poker, table games right there at Seven Mile Casino. Best brunch in South County on Saturday and Sunday mornings, according to San Diego Magazine readers. The best location, seven minutes south of downtown San Diego, and no smoking. Plus, parking's free. It's easy. Super easy to get in and out of. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. Think about what you got planned for this upcoming Sunday, because if you want a great combination of playing cards and food and drinks and location and no smoking and everything, that's Seven Mile Casino, sevenmilecasino.com. And if you have any problems with gambling, you call 1-800-GAMBLER, which, by the way, I will tell you this. Um, last night, I was watching some of the Grammys, and prior to that, I watched 60 Minutes, and 60 Minutes had a thing, uh, a story about gambling in America and young men and addiction. And I want to talk about all that today because when you gamble, I don't care, man, if it's in a casino like the Super Bowl's in Vegas this week, people are going to be gambling all over the place. Whether it's a casino, online, whether you're playing these prop you know, apps like prize picks that we advertise for, dude, you got to be careful, man. And I understand things can get hard, but you have got to be careful. And I will talk about that a little bit later on. Grande has been dispatched. Boots on the ground in Vegas as the Super Bowl festivities will get underway today, me and Brown here in home base San Diego where it's rainy and it's cold. And I just want to say to everybody right now, be careful, especially those of you guys that are driving, they're listening on radio, slow down, chill the F out. You're going to get to where you're going safely and we're all going to hang out together and have a good time. So Big Brown, good afternoon uh, here in North County, San Diego, wet, cold, been raining for hours. And, uh, and from what I gather, it's actually going to get worse here in the next couple of days. How, how's it going down there in North Park? Uh, let me see. <laughs> dry. Take a look. Take we we dry right now. We dry yeah. right now. Uh, nope, no problems as of right now. But uh, judging by what's coming down the coastline, uh, not going to be good. Not going to be good at all. So yeah. this is one of those situations where there was no traffic on the road this morning. I was out there driving going, is this normal? And it just it, it it feels like outside it feels like something's coming. Yesterday it was very windy. I was down in Imperial Beach yesterday. It was very, very windy. And when I was I got out of the car and I was like, it's it's windy out here. What's going on? Everywhere I got out, it was windy. And but it was a quiet kind of windy. It wasn't like a just blustering, like you could hear it. The trees were rocking. It was like a calm yet heavy breeze. Like, wait a minute, a storm's coming. And now you look out the window today, it's like, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, and, I'm expecting the wet hail today. Yeah. And I know, um, like, the word is, is that um, in LA, in fact, in Santa Barbara, I know we got a lot of listeners up in Santa Barbara. We have a lot of viewers on Cox Your View in Santa Barbara. Uh, in Santa Barbara, there were like all these flash flood warnings, and uh, yeah. the schools were talking about evacuations, voluntary evacuations. And so um, that was one thing. Then the, the story is, is that L.A. is supposed to get hit really hard. Orange County is supposed to get hit the hardest, according to, you know, whichever news service you're following. And then San Diego is, is going to be dealing with, you know, a lot of the same. So, again, I just want to say to everybody, look, man, like, just be careful out there. Because mm -hmm. like I was telling my daughter this morning, she was going off to school. I'm like, just slow down and be careful. That's all. 
because I, I, I see these videos all over Instagram of people getting into car crashes, especially oh. in the rain. And they're all for like personal injury attorneys. You know, <laughs> <laughs> So everybody just chill the F out. You feel me? It's time to advertise with that bit. Yeah, I know. Let me start off today's show. Wait, by... But let me tell you this. I okay. saw, uh, speaking of a crash you saw, I saw in Mammoth it snowed. And mm -hmm. man, cars down the hill can't even stop. Just bang, 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 just repeatedly. And I thought of you that I was going to send it to you, but I was like, he's not there, so who cares? No, I wasn't there. I, I mean, I'm so trying to figure out the next time I can get up to Mammoth. And it's such a it's such a hard time because my, my daughter, who's a senior in high school, we have to like travel a little bit to go visit some colleges. And I don't, th those would be weekends where I would like to go to Mammoth. The Mammoth I did, time. I did speak to some people this weekend that went to Big Bear and they were saying mm. that you needed chains to get up to Big Bear and that coming down from Big Bear was was not easy. Ooh. And there was a lot of snow going on up there. So, again, just wherever you are, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, um, just Safety. be super careful out there. Yeah. Um, I know that in the other parts of the country, people laugh at us because we were like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's raining and everybody chill. Don't go to school. Don't go to work. But here in Southern California, Jack, it's uh, it's a whole different deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, hey, let me let me talk about something to get started today to kick this off. Uh, first and foremost, today being Monday and the Super mm -hmm. Bowl upcoming on Sunday, Alex is already on his way to Vegas. And I would think that today he will probably check in from Radio Row. And I've read a lot about how Vegas is going to bring the excitement back to Radio Row. And, you know, we, John and I were both scheduled to go. And then through a series of reasons, neither one of us was able to go with Alex up to Vegas. So Alex will represent in Vegas and the show will sound very super bowl uh, as the week goes on. We've already got things booked that are going to be a lot of fun. Like um, Antonio Gates is coming on. We haven't spoken to Antonio Gates, I swear to you, since the Chargers left for L.A. Antonio Gates is going to come up later on this week. Uh, this morning, Akbar Baja Biamila, who a lot of people remember from his San Diego State playing days, Raiders, Chargers, and I think probably way more famous for American Ninja Warrior, you know. Um, <laughs> so so we have some stuff that's booked that we're excited about. I will tell you this. We'll kick off Super Bowl week here on the show with the guy who knows more about the history of the Super Bowl than anybody, and that's Jim Steig. Jim Steig, for those of you that remember, um, and for those of you that perhaps don't, Jim was the chief operating officer and the president of the Chargers during the glory days. And when I say the glory days, I'm talking about kind of the end of the Drew Brees era through the entire Marty Schottenheimer era of Charger football, where the Chargers were every year predicted to be a real Super Bowl contender. And of course, we know about the 14 and two season and the Marlon McCree fumble and everything else that happened. But for all that period of time, when the Chargers were everything San Diego, Jim Steig was the guy who was running that organization brilliantly. And But Jim, as you know, or maybe those of you who don't, prior to him coming to San Diego, Jim ran the Super Bowl for the NFL. So Jim will give us like the full history lesson. And given that last night was the Grammys, Brown, did you watch any of that? Man, I ain't watching no Grammys, bro. I'm not usually an award show guy myself, but there was no Sunday Night Football last night. And I didn't watch one second of the Pro Bowl festivities. In fact, I was probably more inclined to watch the NHL All-Star Game. And even when I turned that on, I was like, this is boring AF too. So I didn't watch. There was like no sports for me this weekend other than Saturday night watching the Lakers and the Knicks. And then, of course, Saturday afternoon watching San Diego State, which was a very important game. I'll get to it as the show goes on. So uh, anyway, 
Um, Jim Steig will be here and he'll talk to us about the history of the Super Bowl. I'll tell you what, man, without without sports this weekend, without like football is really more like it. I don't know about you, man. I watched We Are the World, the documentary on Netflix. Have you heard about this? Don't laugh at me. Come on, man. What are you? What are you for real? You watched We Are the World? My brother, my brother. Listen to me right now. For real. There comes a time. Oh, Lord. No. I when we need a helping hand. Oh. Let me tell you something, dog. Okay, let me no, okay. Let me let me back up a little bit. Let me back up okay. a little bit because this Go is ahead. very important. Okay. Because people who are about to hear this question, they they can do the same thing as they listen to the show. All right. Oftentimes, when people hear music, it takes you back to the point which you heard the actual music. Mm -hmm. So, where were you? Where were you living? What were you? How did you dress at the time We Are the World came out? Well, I think I, I have to go back and look at the exact year, but I think it was like in the late eighties ish. You know, and um, I was a kid. I was a teenager, as I recall. Um, I was living in Florida. My parents, uh, my sister, me. I was living in Coral Springs, Florida. And uh, how was I dressing? Well, 1985. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm about to get a job at the Chess King in the mall. You know, I had a job at Taco Viva because I wanted to, you know, eat the burritos. So I would mess up the burritos so I could eat them for free. Right. And, I thought Taco was, Viva had a, a female that you wanted to hang out with. No, no, that was a Chess King. Chess King had oh, Cheryl Abalafia. Yeah, she was the okay. girl that was hot. That I and she had big hair. You know, kind of the Ooh. way. Yeah, like nice. like big old '80s hair. You know. Um, anyway, so yeah, so we are the world. I was a teenager. I mean, you were much younger than I was in 1985. Four. I was 15 years old. Okay, so forget it. Listen, don't <laughs> laugh at me. Don't laugh at me. Don't ridicule me. Don't hurt my feelings today. All right. I'm here to tell you. That if you've not seen the We Are the World documentary you on Netflix, you cried, didn't you? I, I didn't cry. I didn't cry. But I'm just here to tell you that if you are somebody who remembers that song well, you must see this documentary. It, but here's let me get back to the point because this the, the is point Stevie is Wonder not, blind in this. He is blind in it, but but are funny you, sure? you ask. But funny you ask because at one point Ray Charles is like, "Yo, I got to go to the bathroom." Stevie <laughs> was like, "I take you, Ray." I'll take you. And like, and friggin' Stevie friggin' took Ray Charles. Like, they're like, how do you know where to go? How do you know? By the way, Stevie Wonder, major, major pain in the ass. Um, I'm not surprised. Well, here, here's the story. I'll tell you the quick story. Um, and by the way, all of this is because there was no football this weekend, which is, is the premise of the conversation, which I'm going to get back to. Brown, they, they, they tell Lionel Richie that they need this song written. Right. We are the world. They, they don't know the name of it at this point. Right? Curl or no curl for Lionel Richie. Oh, big old fro, big old Commodore fro. OK, you feel me? Yeah. OK. And, and I'm talking like the long like it was like the fro with the mullet fro in the back. I mean, it was gnarly, you know. So they tell Lionel Richie they got they want to do this song. They want to bring all these stars together. And the week that Lionel Richie has to write this song, he's also hosting the American Music Awards, which is why this whole Grammys thing is in my head. The AMAs. So Lionel Richie is going to host the American Music Awards, but the day of the American Music Awards, which let's just call it a Sunday, all these stars are going to be in Los Angeles. That's the only day they're ever going to have a chance to record this song with all these people. So they have to do it after the American Music Awards that night. So literally everybody was getting done with the American Music Awards and nobody was going to parties. Everybody was going to this secret location, this studio that they were going to record. Yeah, the what's the party? Yeah, well, it was its own party, but only Al Jarreau was getting drunk. That I can tell you. <laughs> So, um, there, bro, what is happening? So, bro, Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson have to write this song. 
Okay. And um, they want Stevie Wonder to write it too, but nobody can reach Stevie. There's no cell phones. There's no email. No one can ever get a hold of Stevie. By the time Lionel Richie, and apparently Michael Jackson would call him Lionel. He'd call him <laughs> Lionel. By the time they got this song written and by the time they got cassettes made of the song and they shipped overnight and shipped to everybody, Bruce Springsteen, Huey Lewis, uh, Bob Dylan, Cindy Lauper, um, you know, Diana Ross, et cetera, et cetera. By the time they were able to write the song, put down the music, get the tapes made, cassette tapes, and send them to all these artists saying, hey, prepare for the night of the Gram or the night of the American Music Awards. We're going to do this. Stevie Wonder never got involved. Then Stevie Wonder shows up the night of the event, and Stevie Wonder likes thinks that they're there to write the song that night. And moreover, he becomes a major pain in the ass in the entire thing. Because Stevie Wonder says, well, this doesn't feel right to me. This is supposed to be this song for this African people. And, and he's like, we need to put some Swahili in this song. It gets to the point where everybody's like, Stevie, stop being a pain in the ass. We don't have time for this, man. This Because this lasted until 6 o'clock the next morning. Waylon Jennings, the country music star, was like, I'm out of here. Screw you guys. I, I don't want to hear about this Swahili nonsense. And one of the guys, I don't remember the guy's name who was like. Swahili nonsense. Right. He's like, I don't, he's like I, I, I don't remember the guy's name. Not Quincy Jones, but one of the other producers. Actually had to say to Stevie, Stevie, you have to understand in Ethiopia, they don't speak Swahili, bro. That's not the language of the country. So that's not what it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I mean, the whole I'm telling you, Browner, Huey Lewis, Cindy Lauper, and Bruce Springsteen kind of steal the show. And you find out how influential Lionel Richie was. And your girl how, Sheila E was there. Oh, dude, Sheila E is a big part of this film. I had to tell Rachel all about why Sheila E hates me now. Because of the whole I can, Super Bowl. I can, read the, I can read the We Are the World list if you want. You don't have to, but here's the thing. Okay. Um, it, it was amazing. You find out how influential Lionel Richie was, still is, and how much of a non-diva Michael Jackson was. Michael Jackson was a leader. Michael Jackson was not a diva in any way. It was a fascinating film. Absolutely fascinating film. Browner, you got to see this movie. Please, see the movie. I'll watch it's it. I'll watch an it. Hour, how long hour, is it? Hour 37. Oh, okay. I could do that. Okay. okay. Watch this movie, please, and then come back to me. And the reason I say that is because I know it sounds funny. It Why does. would you be watching We Are the World, the documentary? But I promise you, when you watch it, you're going to get done with that and go, there will never be anything like this ever again. They'll never, ever, ever be able to do something like that ever again in life. I don't, I don't think they, I, first of all, you nowadays, you can't get that many people of that magnitude in a room together without somebody getting shot or stabbed or beat up or somebody can't come or this is too, there's too much friction now back and forth with these personalities. Like if you wanted to do this song, Drake would have to be there. Uh, 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 Chris Brown would have to be there. Nicki Minaj, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, like all these people, you Adele, you have to get all these people there now, and I just don't think you could do it. You probably couldn't do it. You probably could not do it, seriously. In fact, Quincy Jones, who was a producer of all of this, wrote a sign so that when all the artists walked in, it said, check your ego at the door. Um, because mm. there, there couldn't be egos. Um, and, mm -hmm. and between Waylon Jennings leaving and Sheila E. got upset, of course, you know, we understand who she is. Sheila E. got upset. You know why? You wonder why she got upset? There were no drums? There were no drums? No, because they were still trying to call Prince that night. And they were, come on, Prince, come over here and do this. Please come be a part of this. And Sheila E. felt like they were using her to get Prince. To get to him. And Prince would not come. And so Huey Lewis actually got Prince's solo. And it all worked out. How they put the voices together 
hey, it's got to go from this range to this range, from this person to that person, mm -hmm. this voice to that voice. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. Seriously. Bro, and when Prince, you hear, Prince when you hear that. Michael Jackson was there, Prince like, Michael there? I ain't coming. And, and dude, when you hear Bruce Springsteen sing without the music, you're like, he is so bad. Bruce Springsteen has the worst voice. Him and Bob Dylan both horrible, right? But it, I'm not telling you, kind of singers though, man. I know, but the movie is amazing, and here's the reason oh, why I even so watched the movie. I'm bragging about the movie. I'm fascinated by the film now. I'll probably even watch it again. I haven't Who's been able Jeffrey to Jeffrey Osborne. Singing. He's another singer, another singer from okay. back in that era. Yeah, yeah. Steve Perry. Steve Perry from Journey was incredible. Oh my God, the people were like, he's just got the most incredible voice. James yeah. Ingram. There's a lot of people in here. I have no idea who they are. Yeah. I mean, there was like Latoya Jackson was there and she's like my Purple girlfriend. For like, what? Who, right. Who's that? Who's she? Who? But Who? here's the point here. here's Mike, the get point your sister out of here, man. We need some coffee. <laughs> here's the point to the conversation, Brown. There was no football this weekend. Don't you see what I'm getting at? You're don't, bored? You see what, don't you see what I'm trying to say? What I'm saying to you is, is that I watched We Are the World on Netflix because there was no football. So, and, and, and listen, not that there would have been a football game on Saturday night. Maybe there would have been a college game that I would have been watching. My television goes on and it goes to sports. I was watching the Lakers and the Knicks, but that game was, was on East say. Coast time. That yeah. game was on East Coast. So by the time that game was over, it was like, I don't know, 8.15 at night. You know? I, uh, I watched Mrs. and Mr. Smith, the Amazon show. Oh, I'm dying to see that. Um, how many parts is that series? It's eight, I think. And how, how deep I've, only, how, I've watched two. Okay, see, I want to see that. That looks really great to me. Slow. And is that is that is that like a takeoff on the whole uh yes. Okay, the Will Smith movie. No, 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 not Will Who Smith. Was it? Who was uh, Brad it? Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Okay, all right. Boy, I you know, Will Smith, Brad Pitt, you know, they're close. Right? And they look alike. It happens a yeah, lot. I mean, they guys. all look the they're same. tired all of those, it actually. All those they're white guys, yeah. Yeah. My point is this, people. And here's my question for you. And you can hit me up on Twitter. You can talk to me on Instagram. I don't care, man. You can talk to me on site. It doesn't matter where you want to talk about this stuff. You can email me. You can text me. It doesn't matter to me. What did you do this weekend without football? And by the way, are you preparing your mind and really your time, your calendar for life after this football season? Because I'm going to tell you something right now. Um, I usually go into like a little post-football, I'm not going to call it a depression because I don't want to exaggerate it, but like a post-football, I'm sort of lost. What am I doing on the weekend kind of thing? There ain't no more college Your girlfriend's football. happy. Oh, but that's my point. My girlfriend's happy. She gets me back. Your girlfriend, and I don't mean you, I mean the, the average guy tuning in, because you know, with you, who the hell knows? Um, True facts, facts. You, you, your lady, your wife, your girlfriend, she's getting you back. What are you planning on doing with life after football? And I'm going to tell you something. For the first time in the longest time, rather than getting to the Super Bowl, which is happening this Sunday, and, and feeling like, oh, my God, football's over. What now? The opposite. I'm actually so excited for the Super Bowl to be over and for, for football to be over. Right. For, for pitchers and catchers to report, for the Padres to see what they can you know put together this season. Uh, for the Dodgers with Otani, I mean, like I'm, and it's not even that I'm looking forward to baseball. I'm looking forward to the end of football. This was my first weekend without football in, you guys know, in what, 20 weeks, right? 25, yeah. 23 weeks. 
It was great. It was great. I expanded my horizons. I watched We Are the World. Mm. I want to call that expanding. Eh. Eh. You're going to see it. You see that. I am. I'm watching it. I'm going to get back to me. All right, listen, we're just underway. Here's the deal. Um, We're just getting going. We are in the Seven Mile Casino Studio, sevenmilecasino.com. It's me and Brown today. Alex, we assume, will check in from Vegas, depending on travel and timing and getting his credentials and Radio Row and everything else and whatever else is happening. Jim Steig will be here to talk about the history of the Super Bowl. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studio, sevenmilecasino.com. Let me start off next with the results of our Jim Harbaugh poll. Stick around. This is Kaplan and Crew. Hey, great friends. It's Monday afternoon. It's Kaplan and Crew with Grande and the Brown Man. Grande en route to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl festivities, which are really getting underway today. And we'll have Vegas coverage all week long. Uh, We've already got Antonio Gates booked later this week. We've got Akbar Baja Biamila booked a little bit later on this week. Jim Steig will talk history of Super Bowl a little bit later on this afternoon. And Alex has got a bunch of stuff that he's been working on uh, already in advance of heading to Vegas. By the way, just a quick side note, speaking of Super Bowl and and football, and I wanted to get to the results of our Jim Harbaugh poll that we set out on Friday. Um, today is the, and was, happened earlier this morning, um, was the funeral for longtime San Diego Chargers head of security, Dick Lewis. And Dick Lewis, for those of you who knew him or at least knew of his reputation, Dick Lewis was an amazing human being. And when I say that, you might be thinking to yourself, well, what do you mean by that? Dick Lewis was the guy who was a former San Diego cop, as I recall, but his role in security for the Chargers back in the day was really about, um, he was always the guy that would go to the players and get them involved with community organizations and community events. He was just one of those guys who loved San Diego, uh, loved being affiliated with the Chargers later in his life after his professional career as a cop. And, and really wanted to give back. And, and, and I know that sounds hokey and corny, but I promise you it wasn't. Like, that was what Dick was all about. And if you were a young Charger player, man, once he got his claws into you, dude, he was getting you to these events. He was taking you to these community events and getting you involved in these local charities. And, you know, he was so well-loved that a guy like Dean Spanos would actually show up in San Diego today Because, you know, when Dean shows up in San Diego, it is like under the guise of night, bro. It is like stealth. So, you know, when you've got Dean Spanos at the Rock Church earlier today, you know, it just kind of goes to show you that that Dick meant so much to the Charger organization, the San Diego Charger organization, that Dean would actually come into San Diego and and go to a funeral like that. So uh, to everybody that was there today honoring the life of Dick Lewis, Shout out to you guys, including Dean Spanos, which, by the way, now leads me, Browner, um, to something that happened over the weekend where I was getting my ass handed to me all weekend long on Twitter. Did you catch up to any of this? No, by who? Well, I'll tell you. So um, we are in the Seven Mile the bots, Casino the bots Studio. got you? Not the bots. Uh, not the okay. bots. Like, I, I, there might be human beings on the other end. I'm not really sure. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studio, sevenmilecasino.com, here on a rainy, cold, wet Monday afternoon. On Friday, we posted a poll on kaplanandcrew.com. And here's how the poll read, Brown. Now that Jim Harbaugh is the coach of the Chargers, are you a fan? Okay, that, that's how the poll read. The answers were no, never with the Spanos family. No, they can never get me back. I never left, or yes, I left and I'm back. Now, 
Uh, before I get to the results, you and I on Friday both had a very similar opinion, which was when Dean Spanos introduced Jim Harbaugh as coach of the Chargers, it really isn't that difficult to stand up there in front of the media and, and not have to read from a piece of paper and just, just be, just be real. Hey everybody. Hard, welcome. Bro. You know, great to have everybody here. What a day in our history. You know, we're, we're going to change the narrative of our, of our franchise. We're going to become more relevant through winning and through having a rock star coach. Um, here's Jim Harbaugh. Like it just isn't that hard, but Dean had to read from a prepared statement and we ridiculed that because we thought it was funny. As we should have. But man, oh man, if you, like people, and there's only a few of them, but the people on Twitter who are now like hardcore chargers because Harbaugh has taken them to the next level, you know? Um, these are people that are like, you predicted Harbaugh was going back to Michigan. You said Harbaugh was using the chargers as, as a leverage. And I'm like, yeah, it's what I thought. And guess what? I was wrong. Who cares? Like, so what? I was wrong. Now they're, they're coming after me and you in, to some degree. You're moving the goalposts on, on th this whole story. What, what goalposts have I moved? I'm not moving any goalposts. All I was saying was, and all you had to do was watch the video, but you're too lazy to watch the video. You just read what you read on Twitter, and then you decide to come after me, which is okay. I, by the way, you guys are feeding me. You guys don't understand. Like I'm, you're, you're giving me what I want. You're giving me the air to breathe, baby. These guys start coming after me. You're moving the goalpost. They, you, you're such a hater. They can never do anything right in your eye. No, no, that's not true. I actually gave tremendous credit to Dean Spanos. I never thought he'd ever spend the money to get a coach of Harbaugh's magnitude. Guess what? Stuck it in my face. Proved me wrong. Uh, uh. Take that, Kappa. Yeah, yeah. Put put it right in my face. Hey, you said I'd never spend the money. You said I was too cheap. You said I didn't have the money. Guess what? Um, I am about winning, and I am about trying to create something big in L.A. because the, the Rams have already won a Super Bowl, and the Rams have already exceeded expectations. And, and while the Rams were exceeding expectations, we were falling flat on our face. And between LeBron and the Lakers and Otani and the Dodgers and, and Sean McVay and the Rams, it's hard to become relevant in LA when everybody in LA considers you San Diego's team. So guess what? Through the hiring of Jim Harbaugh, I'm putting, I'm chalking that up to coaching, marketing, sales, uh, group sales, ticket sales, suite sales. Jim Harbaugh does it all. Is he making any calls? Is he calling some season ticket holders? Hey, this is Jim Harbaugh. I, I guarantee you a thousand percent he is. For real. Really? Oh, a hundred percent. Probably for like an ad or something. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, they yeah. could they could have it as a recorded thing, or or he could he they could say, hey, listen, we've got this company here in town, and they've been on the verge of kind of thinking about buying a suite. And you know what? If you get on the phone and call, and he gets on the phone with the CEO, and he goes, hey, Steve, hey, how you doing, man? It's Jim Harbaugh. Look, um, you know, here's the culture I plan on building, and we need we'd your support. Love, yeah, we'd love to have you buy a suite. We'd love to. Hey, we're gonna get you down on the field before the game. You know, shake your hand, take pictures, bring your kid autographs, get you in the locker room after the game. Just got to have your support. So Harbaugh is more than just a coach. He's a marketing mm. tool. Okay. True. So I said last week, desperation brings change. And I'll stand by that. And, and you get these Charger fans on Twitter that all they want to do is just start. I mean, it's so personal to them. They're so angry. Yeah. You know, so invested. 
right? And that the FUs and you're such a piece of blank. And it's like, brother, you, you, you can't have like a discussion without like all the name calling and all, but that's okay. This that, is, that's, that's, that's the way I, that's the way I, any conversation I have with Twitter, people who have talked to me on Twitter via through this show or people who have said something that they don't like that I said, uh, blah, blah, blah. And they've added me on Twitter. I've always responded to everybody. The first thing I say, keep the conversation above the belt and we can go back and forth. I, I'm cool, man. I, I do it for a living. I guarantee you I'm better than you at it. So let's, we can go ahead, but I'm telling you, you keep it above the belt. We good. The second you go below the belt, you're done, bro. You're done. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I don't even mind. I just, anybody who tweets at me and curses me out and tells me that they're mad because I, I'm not on the charger bandwagon. I just like your tweet. I just, I, I don't even care. Have a good time. But here's the thing that's really interesting. We put a poll on our website. This is the poll that we put up last Friday. And this is where, obviously, we're using the software that we created, cited. And the poll reads, now that Jim Harbaugh is the coach of the Chargers, are you a fan? No, never with the Spanos family. No, they can never get me back. I never left. Or yes, I left and I'm back now. I'm voting. No, never with the Spanos family. That's my vote. Okay. Um, here's, here's the result. The result is... 45% are with me. No, never with the Spanos family. 22% are no, they can never get me back. So 65, 66% of all people polled on our poll, and we've got a we've got 275 votes. So that just gets a small sample size, but it's a decent enough sample size. Mm -hmm. 65% say no, I'll never be a Charger fan again, not so long as the Spanos has owned them. And they'll never be able to get me back, mostly probably because they left San Diego. 27%. Go ahead. I can't agree to that. So those people will come back. See, the problem is this is a good time to say you won't come back. When they become successful and when they become a story, again, not a game, as a great man once said, not the game. When they become a story, when they become content, when they become something down your social media that you can't get away from because it's on a local news here, your friends are talking about it. When and when that, I believe Jim Harbaugh's going to Super Bowl next year. When that actually happens, it'll be unavoidable. And those people will watch, whether it's a hate watch or it's a, you know, love watch or a sneaky watch or, you know, make sure no one sees me watching, like treat mm -hmm. it like porn. You know, just don't look at my, 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 my user history. You know, don't, don't go down my web browser. But people will watch. I'm telling you, people will watch. Dude, I'm not falling for that. Okay, no, no, no. But hold on. Watching is different than getting back as a fan. I I have watched every Charger game for the most part. I mean, maybe here or there, especially you know when when you're 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 four and ten and you're not going anywhere and it's not even right. fun anymore. Maybe they I don't watch those games, right? Or or how about this? When when the local San Diego CBS affiliate says we're not even televising them anymore because it's not fun and nobody's watching, and there are better games on, we'll, we'll go with the better game. But the first one is, no, I'll never be a fan again with, this, with the Spanos family. It's 45%. No, they can never get me back is 22%. So we're at like 67-ish, 68% there, now that I'm doing the math, of people who say, I'll never be a Charger fan again. Now, these are our listeners. These are, these are mostly San Diego people, or these are people that have ties to San Diego, and these are people that, have, that are disgusted by the Spanoses or disgusted with the move. But listen to this. 27% of voters said, I never left. 
that 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 number actually seems kind of close to me, Brown. Like I think if you took a hundred San Diego Charger fans and you asked a hundred San Diego Charger fans, are you a, an LA Charger fan? I think on average you would get about twenty seven percent of people that go, yeah, I'm still a fan. I'm still a fan. I, right. I am. I could I couldn't let him go. They were my team. I have plenty of friends who they went to games or they just watch games on TV. And it doesn't bother them that on Sundays, rather than schlepping to Qualcomm and fighting traffic and having to walk through crowds, it doesn't bother them. That's their team. That's the team's uniform. Mm-hmm. That That's their whole life. That's their team. So it's still their team. You know, they, they might even be upset that they're not in San Diego or they may be disgusted by the Spanoses that they didn't, you know, uh, build their own stadium. But it doesn't matter. It's still their team. They're, they don't have that sort of angst. Vi- yes. Uh, vitriol. Right. And the last one was, um, yes, I left and I'm back, 6%. So 6% of people said, I left and now I'm back, at least in our you know, voting of, of 270 people. And by the way, the poll is still available if you go to kaplanandcrew.com. So think about that. 68% said they'll never be Charger fans again as long as the Spanos has owned the team and they can never get you back, 68%. 32% said I never left or now I'm back on the bandwagon. But I will just tell you this. For all the anger that I received from Charger fans on Twitter, just on Twitter, my email box is filled with people saying, never over my dead body will I ever be a Charger fan again. Because here's what happened. On Friday, we sent out an email. In the email was the poll. The poll was actually embedded into the email. People who opened the email read the poll. They clicked on it, and then they went and they voted but they decided to reply to the email. And I'll just tell you this unscientific 98% of the emails that I received back were never over my dead body. Would I ever, ever, ever be a charger fan again? And 2% were like, Hey, you know what? Um, Harbaugh's bringing me back or I never left. By the way, what you guys ought to do, I'm just going to give you a piece of advice here is when you go to our website, kaplanandcrew.com and you vote, Get in the discussion there because it's a lot easier for us to monitor the discussion if it's on our website than if we have to go through all these emails. But and the conversation's really good, you know. Um, but listen to this guy, uh, Bolt Up 55. I was heartbroken when they left San Diego, but I could never stop loving the team I was born with. I went to StubHub and now SoFi every every season. It's time for San Diegans to man up, either root for them or don't pay attention to them. These salties are such whiny babies, bolt up, you know. Um Here's another guy. Uh, I'm not happy with my choice here. I'm not back, but I never say never. I would consider someday wearing my Rivers jersey to SoFi. You know, uh, here's somebody else. Um, I will never be a fan until they come home. So, uh, I mean, you know, uh, there's lots and lots and lots of comments here. Uh, they dumped San Diego. Now they are the stepchildren in the L.A. market and in the Ram Stadium. So there's lots of commentary here. If you just go to our website, Kaplan. Oh, nice job, Brown. There you go. Browner's putting it up on the screen. Oh, nice. And then you got this, the comments right there on the side of the screen. Very, very mm-hmm. good. So there you go. So look, um, I love the interaction, guys. I do. Um, I love to get people's ideas on, on how they vote. I like to see people's comments. And if you want to use Twitter to get at me and beat up on me, I can live with that too. But I think using using our website is the better place to comment. So it is, uh, it is very interesting to read how people reacted to this Jim Harbaugh story. Because, you know, I've been on multiple radio shows around the country with people asking me, so did 
the Harbaugh story like register in the LA sports market? And maybe I'm the, the wrong guy to ask. I mean, you do work at a Lakers station, so there's a good chance that when they did talk about it, they went right to about trading for DeJounte Murray. So, dude, dude, you know, that's what I keep telling everybody, Brown. They're like, so, so we've got Scott Kaplan on the phone here from, you know, <laughs> ESPN in Los Angeles, and Jim Harbaugh takes the Chargers job. And the question they go, Cap, uh, is Jim, is Jim Harbaugh registering in the LA market? And I'm like, well, um, at our station, it's definitely Lakers first with LeBron and it's John T. Murray. And well, and right. And, and all the storylines of the Lakers, you know, right. Lakers lose back-to-back -back games. LeBron sends out a cryptic tweet with a, an upside down hourglass. What does that mean? Time is up for who for LeBron Him. time is up for Darvin ham. Time is up for these crappy players that he doesn't think are good enough to play with him. Time is up for the front office. Who's time up for? We don't know. LeBron is very cryptic that way. Okay, so that's the lead story. Second story is, who are the Lakers trading for? Oh, wait a second. Jared Vanderbilt got hurt. Now they need to get a more defensive player. Maybe now they're not going to go get this kind of guy. Blah, blah, blah. So Harbaugh is a story, but the Lakers and all the drama of the Lakers, the story. Last week, Otani wearing a Dodger uniform to Dodger Stadium and yeah. you know, doing a bunch of media around the Dodgers. That's a, a, a story not too far behind the Lakers. And then Jim Harbaugh. And then Jim Harbaugh. And, and, and the Jim Harbaugh story in L.A., at least, again, where I'm at, at 710, a Laker station, bro, that story comes in and goes out. Mm. You know? Oh, it was cute last week. Oh, he had a comment about Ted Lasso. Oh, he had a comment about, you know, his, his, his RV and living on the beach. I mean, yeah. It's going to have to be content-driven. I think for them to get into the mainstream of what people want to talk about in L.A., it's definitely going to be more driven by content than anything. It will not be driven by anything other than that because there's so many things happening there. And until they can show repeat success, like the first game, the first actual game, I think that's going to get a lot of attention. And if they don't win that sucker, then we'll see you in week eight. <laughs> it's hard. Uh, to, it's hard good. to crack. It's hard to pop the bubble in L.A., man. These these people, I, L.A. fans. And I know a lot of them, more Laker fans. They are dug in on what they like, period. They are dug in. And if you're going to infiltrate that and you don't, you're not a USC fill in the blank here, or you're not like a, again, a Laker thing or a Dodger thing, to penetrate that, it's hard, man. It is hard. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, see, see the Clippers. The Clippers are a much better basketball team record wise. They've got huge stars. They 25 are and five in the last 30. They're leaving. They're leaving Crypto.com Arena, Staples Center, so they can go build their own place. I mean, imagine if the Chargers said, "We're leaving SoFi. We're going to go build our own place." Are they going to build something better than SoFi? I mean, that is what the Clippers are doing. The Clippers are building an arena to get out of a twenty-year-old arena that's going to yeah. be a hundred times better in terms of like you're being a spectator, in terms of technology, in terms of food choices, et cetera, et cetera. According to them, it'll be the greatest basketball stadium in the history of the world. I, why why would we not expect that? They I believe have, them. I believe they have them. a they have a multi-billionaire owner who is dying to try and make inroads in the in the marketplace. And so, but again, there's enough people in LA to become Clipper fans to, mm -hmm. to fill that arena. I mean, to fill 18,000 a night's not that hard when you are in a market of 12 million and people can't afford the Lakers. But 
Mm-hmm. The, but but how 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 is it that the Clippers are better, significantly better for a longer period of time, and they don't register at all? So that's, at that's all, and that's what the Chargers face now. Is Jim Harbaugh going to change all that? It's going to definitely add to it. If the Chargers win a Super Bowl, does that change everything? All I can tell you is this: the Rams won the Super Bowl, and it it's it's still it sort didn't. of a blip. It's still sort of a blip on the radar. It didn't move the needle in the way that they thought it did. And I was more shocked by that than anything when the Rams won the Super Bowl. And it and it didn't become a Rams town. Because that's what I thought was going to be the final nail in the Chargers being there. And it it just didn't seem to really make the waves I thought it would. I know. I know. All right. Um, stick around. Because uh, Jim Steig, who used to be the president of the Chargers in San Diego, but before that, he ran the Super Bowl for the NFL. Jim Steig is going to be here in just a few minutes. So hang out, everybody. Before we hit this break, though. I want to remind you about our guy, Gary Cooper, Mountain Trust Mortgage and Realty Services, and here's why. A lot of you guys would love to buy a house, but you're hearing about interest rates being high, which they are, and you're higher, and you're hearing about home prices, which continue to soar, especially here in San Diego. So I want to encourage you to talk to Gary Cooper because he has lots of different options for you, especially a first-time home buyer where you don't have a couple hundred thousand dollars to put down on a house, or maybe even you do, maybe you've got the cash in the bank, but you don't want to spend it all, or you don't want to become house poor. Talk to Gary Cooper, 858-376-1299, 858-376-1299. For those of you watching, use the QR code. I've got so many reviews through email from people who love working with Gary, um, that he gets deals done. Talk to Gary Cooper, especially if you're thinking about wanting to buy a house now in this market. Mountain Trust Realty, 858-376-1299. Jim Steig next. Hey, great friends. It's Monday afternoon. It's Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man. We're coming to you from the Seven Mile Casino Studios, sevenmilecasino.com. I'm going to say it all afternoon and all evening long. Wherever you are, especially if you are listening on radio and you are in your car, brother, slow down, chill out, hang with us. We're getting you to where you're going safely because there is no reason to haul ass and deal with traffic and fight it and try and hustle because dude, it's crazy out there. It has been raining all day. And while the rest of the country laughs at us because they're like, you guys can't handle a little bit of rain. The answer is no, we cannot. So chill. And we're all going to hang out and have fun together. And we're all going to get to where you're going. All right, Brown man, we are expecting to have Jim Steig on the show to talk Super Bowl history as we kick off Super Bowl week here on Monday. Alex is on his way into Vegas and should Land make it, it onto the Land show. He has, he has landed and should make it onto the show before we get off today. But we just had a technical difficulty at the commercial break with Jim Steig. And it is primarily because Jim is older than me. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, I, I'm just going to be honest about it. You know, Jim being older than me means that if I have any technical difficulties, Jim is going to definitely have technical difficulties. And so now I got to send a text to Alex to have Alex off air, walk Jim through how to get on with us. So this is probably looking at a tomorrow thing rather than a today thing. It happens, (laughs) man. And dude, I had a lot of listeners hit me up going, dude, are you guys going to have on the greatest mustache in the history of mustaches on the show this week to talk Super Bowl? I thought these people were talking about Hacksaw. And I was like, no, no, he's not coming on this week, you know? And they're like, no, not Hacksaw, Steeg. I'm like, oh, Steeg, for sure. Steeg's happening. But I'm telling you, man, technology can be a tough thing for an older dude, you know? My son this morning, every Monday, my son, who's 23 years old, who learned how to use an Excel spreadsheet while in college, 
every Monday he sends me an Excel spreadsheet for our partner prize picks. They prize picks is really, they're very detailed. They want to know on Monday, what time were we on radio on Tuesday? What time were we on? Uh, what time were we on TV? How long is it? Two minutes? Is it three minutes? Is it five minutes? They're very, very detailed. My son does the Excel spreadsheet. And every week he says to me, if I could, you don't understand how easy this is to do. And I said, well, guess what? I got you to do stuff like this. Then today he sent it to me in a Google doc. And I'm like, Hey, you don't usually send it to me in a Google doc. Can you not send it to me as a standalone Excel spreadsheet? He's like, well, just download it. And I'm like, I'm trying, sure. man. I'm trying to download it. But I had to download it differently, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you are so dumb. You are so bad with technology. How could someone no. like yourself, he, right? How could someone like yourself who's in the software business outside of being in the radio business, how could you, how could you be so bad at technology? And I'm like, hey, man, look, this is exactly the same stuff I say to my father. You know, so it just trickles down, bro. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. We are in the like Seven Mile Casino Studios. Uh, SevenMileCasino.com. Hey, listen, I don't know if you saw this last night or not. 60 Minutes did a piece on gambling in America and how gambling is changing young men in this country. Did you happen to catch any of this? No. Bro, you got to go watch this. It's a 13-minute piece that 60 Minutes produced. You, you got to see this. Here, here's really what it comes down to, right? There are so many ways for gambling to happen on your phone, right? And, right. and so in 2018, before the Supreme Court actually, quote unquote, legalized sports wagering, which is not legal, obviously, in the state of California, although our company, Prize Picks, who we work with, they, they are legal because they're daily fantasy. So it's a, it's a slight nuance i suppose and that's how, that's, that how prize picks, that's how prize picks is legal right hit that thing is right dude i i did not play at all this weekend on prize picks i did not play one bit man i'm, I'm you know that, that's funny i wonder if football being out because i want to see what their baseball layout looks like because baseball is going to be way harder to bet because there's games every single day so i want to see how they lay it out if it's more or less than hits home runs steals like i that's going to be very, very interesting for me. I, I'm really interested in seeing how they hit this summer. This today, just as a side note today, um, I always talk about in prize picks, there's the specials section where you can play mm -hmm. combos. Okay. So tonight um, I'm looking at combining hockey guys with Ooh. basketball guys. So I'm Hockey's looking hard at, for me. It is hard. So, so I'll give you an example. Um, Nathan McKinnon of Colorado against and with, combined with Steph Curry of Golden State um it's it's eight and a half is the number oh. for um shots on goal and three pointers made eight and a half so how, how many three pointers do you think Steph Curry will make tonight when well, he had um, 60 yesterday so Golden State is taking on the Brooklyn Nets tonight yes okay so will Steph Curry get more than six three-pointers may threes yeah no not tonight he had 60 the other night he ain't, he ain't happening to him. i mean he could i wouldn't put i wouldn't put no money on it i okay, would go about, but i don't know anything about shots on goal right okay how about this one how about james harden tonight um toronto is playing the clippers 
uh, excuse me, no, the, the Clippers are, yeah, Clippers are playing against Toronto. Seven and a half um, three-point shots made. So it's a combination with with shots on goal. So right. I, I'm inclined to want to play this. If I know? were going to pick one, I would pick Curry because he's more of a consistent three-point shooter. I wouldn't pick Harden because they, what they, the way they're playing now, he's not jacking up a lot of threes anymore. They're playing good, solid team basketball. He's a point guard now. Okay, so uh, here's here's what I've got. Because the hockey guys, my problem with the hockey guys is I don't know who the hockey guys are. <laughs> Me neither. You know what I'm Me saying? Neither. So I don't ever know who the hockey guys are. So here's my thought tonight. Nathan McKinnon plays for Colorado, and they're okay. playing against the New York Rangers. And – you got Steph Curry, Golden State, playing against Brooklyn, and the more or less number on prize picks is eight and a half on shots on goal and three-pointers made. So if you could get four shots on goal from Nathan McKinnon and you could get five three-pointers made from Steph Curry, that's then you play more. How many three-pointers, I don't know if you know this or not, how many three-pointers does, does Steph Curry average per game? I, did, I don't know. I, what I can tell you is – uh, our guy's got Nate McKinnon's got 31 goals this year. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's got 31 goals. I can't again, find his shots on goal, which mm -hmm. is what I'm looking for now. Okay. Uh, let me see. Shots on goal. See if you can figure this out, what his average shots on goal are based right. on the way prize picks does this. I'll guarantee you his average shots on goal are probably like three to four a game. And Steph Curry's three point three pointers made are probably like four five or six per game just on average. And that's how they come up with this 8.5 number, which is they're trying to say to me, Hey dude, go more, go more. And just for the heck of it, I might even just play it. Cause, cause here's the thing about prize picks. It's Monday night. There's no Monday night football and the football season is ending this upcoming Sunday. And once the football season is over, this is your whole point. Am I going to now play basketball? Probably. Am I going to play hockey? I don't know anything about it. I don't know who any of the players are. When that was the number one comes, pick in 2013. He was the number one pick, so he's got to be good. Been in a, in a league for over a decade. I would make that bet. Yeah, I would make that McKinnon bet. You play this. You play this right I'll here. I put a, I put a unit on it. I put a unit. Okay, okay. a unit. All right. I'm a, You know, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to put a unit on it too. The thing is, is that now I got to play. I got to play another. I got to find something else to play. So if I were to play the Austin Matthews. Um, and the James Harden play. It's interesting you say that James Harden isn't isn't bombing away necessarily because the Clippers have been so hot. Right. So, but I still think seven and a half seems like a small number. I'm going with less just for fun because I don't know what that even looks like or means. So I know. All right. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Go to prizepicks.com slash great friends. Prizepicks.com slash great friends. With football wrapping up with the big game this upcoming Sunday, and basketball with is in full swing. I mean, the trade deadline is next week. The All-Star game is two weeks out. And when you take football, where they're giving you Patrick Mahomes right now at .5 yards, okay, he's going to pass for more than half a yard. You take, you take Patrick Mahomes and you put him together with, it could be a basketball guy, and you go to this special section, this is where, I mean, you have a chance to, to take it to the next level. So prizepicks.com slash great friends, prizepicks.com slash great friends. And again, take advantage of that Patrick Mahomes play because they're giving you that one. That that is just a total gift. But I this this special section, uh, I'm really into this one now. And did I'm you with go you. over to the did you go over to passing touchdowns and field goals made? 
Patrick Mahomes, Jake Moody, three and a half passing touchdowns plus field goals made. That looks juicy. Okay, wait. So this is combo. This is combo in the in the football section. So specials. So you go to the P under specials. Uh huh. And then it's shots on goal, three pointers made, passing touchdowns and goals, and then passing touchdowns and field goals. Passing touchdowns and field goals. Just tell me one more time where I can find that. I'm in the NFL section. Then what happens? So so no. So go to the P specials. So there's oh, a P. specials. Okay, got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I got it. Yep. Passing yeah. touchdowns and goals. Oh yeah. Passing touchdowns That's and sneaky field right goals. Right there. Made. That's sneaky. Oh. Dude, Patrick Mahomes and Jake Moody, three and a half for passing touchdowns and field goals made. If Mahomes has two touchdowns and Moody has two field goals, that's Game a, time. that's a that's a nice play. It's God, a very nice, so a very smart. sneaky play. These are so smart. Prizepicks.com slash great friends. You deposit, you make your first deposit, they'll match your first deposit 100% up to $100. So if you put in 100, they'll put in 100. You got 200 to play. For those of you that are watching, you can use our QR code on the screen and it'll take you right there. Prizepicks.com slash great friends. And okay, man, that's, uh, that's, those are some nice plays for tonight. We just gotta, we gotta label, we gotta label this the prize pick, pick of the day. We gotta do this. Like literally make a bet every day. You gotta put it, put a unit. Put a unit yeah. on something. Right. Well, this is interesting because last night I was watching 60 Minutes. Uh, let me rephrase that. I was watching the Grammys and somebody hit me up and said, hey, did you see this 60 Minutes piece? And I actually got a tweet from somebody last night who said, you know, you're really doing your audience wrong by encouraging them to to gamble. Oh, and I'm like, geez, and I'm like, so I'm like, well, hold on a second. I'm like, wait a second. Hold on. I'm like, first of all, um, we encourage people to go to Seven Mile Casino because guess what? There's a lot of people that like to play blackjack. I'm one of them. There are a lot of people that love to play poker. That's their recreation in life. You know, that's they. I know a lot of people that play a ton of poker at casinos all throughout Southern California and card rooms. So, you know, people, this guy sent me this tweet. He's like, dude, you are really, really doing wrong by your audience by encouraging them to do online gaming. And I'm like, okay, that's your opinion. That's fine. Right. Um, listen, I, I encourage people to go to seven mile casino. If you like playing blackjack and poker and table games, then, then I'm encouraging you to go play there because they're our partner. Okay. Um, if you like playing these player props, I encourage you to use prize picks because they are our partner, but I got news for you. Prize picks is one browner of many, many, Hundreds many apps at this yeah. point. Cause, cause my son who's 23 years old. Yeah. He plays prize picks, but he also plays on like a few others. And I'll say to him, I'll go, how much are you putting, putting on this $5 here, $5 there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really, really, really just a couple bucks, but I did watch last night. Um, I did watch this 60 minutes piece. It's a 13 minute piece. All you have to do is Google 60 minutes and like sports wagering. And the thing about it is what, what their uh, research was is that young men between 25 and 35, they are the primary candidates who do most of the online wagering. Okay. And of course they show you one kid, like this is one young man in New York and this kid's like, Hey, look, you know, um, first it was, I wanted to just bet on a couple of football games. And then the oh. next thing, you know, I was setting alarms on my phone to wake up in the middle of the night to bet on some tennis match from from some other part of the world, which, by the way, wasn't even like the biggest stars in tennis. These were names you've never heard of before. And the kid got addicted to it. Well, guess what? Um, unfortunate, 
but a, a, a sad reality of what could happen if you can't control yourself. You know, I'm, I'm, I will say this. I don't think of myself as being addicted to prize picks, but I do think of myself as having more interest in sports because I've got a prize picks play on, on a game. I, I would have no interest in a hockey game and a basketball game tonight when the Lakers aren't playing because that's the team that I follow. I would have no interest in Golden State or the Colorado Avalanche. But if I was able to put a couple dollars on it, then all of a sudden, now I want to pay attention to it. So if I if you if you took the prize picks uh, app off my phone, I I go on with my life, man. You know, here's what I'll say about that. For a person, you can't save everybody from everything. Welcome to the world we live in. If you think that we are doing our audience some form of harm or disservice by introducing prize picks to them, then I got a, a little something called social media that you should probably, sir, you shouldn't be on. Because there's nothing worse for children than Instagram. Literally, there are studies. These people have been called to Congress to testify on how the filter system and the algorithm is hurting young girls. Like, that's a that's a real thing. So people are going to intake things how they intake things. If they don't get prize picks from us, they'll get something from somebody else. Well, so I, I don't, it, it's point. unfortunate that people take it that far with everything. Well, right. I mean, it it, it has to immediately turn into a, a criticism the worst thing or, or yeah. like, you know, or like, you know, you're such a bad guy because you're promoting prize picks on the radio. Listen, um, one of the things that they talked about during this, this piece on 60 Minutes, they had this guy, I don't remember the name of the gambling organization that he works for. And they're like, so you don't think that because now there's all these gambling apps that this is, you know, uh, creating addiction amongst young men. He's like, not any more than anything else that's on your phone. Right. And, 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 the, and exactly. the, inter the, the interviewer on 60 Minutes is like, really? You, you really don't think that? And he was like, uh, no, I don't. And I agree with him. I was like, hey, listen, Twitter, Instagram, yes. TikTok, yes. LinkedIn, Facebook, Snapchat, all of these things, people become, and I'm going to put this in quotes, people become addicted to right. these apps. You know, yesterday, my girlfriend and I are sitting at breakfast and she had two girlfriends with her. And here I am with three hot chicks. And she goes, what would be more important on Instagram than sitting with three hot chicks? And I'm like, I don't, I just, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I just was, I just was checking. I, I don't, I don't know. I just was checking. Dude, Instagram, you talk about addicting. Not only is Instagram addicting, but dangerous. I mean, yes. super dangerous. There are so many stories about human trafficking yes. as a result of young girls putting themselves in, you know, compromising clothing on, on Instagram. I'm not here to knock Instagram. All I'm saying is this, listen. Gambling could can become addicting. That that's why there's Gamblers Anonymous. That's why we always so encourage it's eating everybody. to some. So it's eating to some people. Like eating, it, it, right. so, it's, so is online porn. I yes. mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to justify it. What I'm getting at is this: because in the 60 Minutes piece, you know what they compare it to, Brown? They compare what? it to smoking. They compare it to tobacco. There there are these lawyers now wow. who are the lawyers that took down big tobacco, and they're now coming after the gambling companies. Because what they're saying is, is that the gambling companies are using algorithms to, to kind of inspire you to play more and more and more. Listen, here, here's the reality, okay? This is no science. This is just reality. There are some people who are going to play 
whatever it may be, DraftKings, no FanDuel, or or um, uh, Underdog Fantasy, or yeah. any other company. There are some people that are going to play those games, and they're going to get themselves into a bad spot because they get caught up. Listen, I have a friend who's in radio. This guy, um, he had a ticket scheme. It was documented by HBO. He went to a bunch of people and said, hey, look, I'm going to buy 10,000 Taylor Swift tickets at $100 a ticket, okay? Is it that you, Craig Carton situation? Yeah, you give me the money, okay? And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go sell each one of those tickets for $300. We're going to get three times our money. I'll pay you back here next week. And it was a scheme. Why? Because he had a gambling addiction. Long before there were gambling uh, services on your phone, he had a gambling addiction. And so he was using the money. He was lying to people. People thought it was a great business idea. He lied to them. He took their money. He paid off his gambling debts. The guy went to jail for some people are addicted to sex. They're addicted to food. They're addicted to yep. weed. They're addicted to smoking. Yep. They're addicted to gambling. They're addicted alcohol. to lots of stuff. Exactly. That's why there's Alcoholics Anonymous, et cetera, right. et cetera. So, so listen, here's what I want to say to everybody. Um, if you moderation, like to, <laughs> if, if you like to play these games, if especially these player prop games, if you like to play them. A, like Kurt Warner says all the time on his commercials, which remember, the NFL now has a piece of this pie. So does Major League Baseball. So does the NBA. Gambling used to be illegal and nobody would talk about it. It was taboo. And today, the leagues actually are investors in these companies because why let the black market, no pun, hey, sorry, Brown. Why wow. let the black market have all that money? Why not? We, why don't we get money based on our content? So mm -hmm. listen, if it, Kurt Warner has a great commercial, don't gamble more than you can lose don't don't get don't go to work come home with your paycheck and think you know what i'm going to multiply my paycheck over and over again by putting it into a gambling service whatever gambling service that may be or even calling a bookie right you know i'll say i'd say the same thing about everything in life man moderation is key if you do all things in moderation and you keep things to a reasonable amount, there's no reason for you to ever find yourself in one of these situations where you are over your over your heels with what to do, especially with money. Always do everything in moderation. And if you can't afford to do it twice, don't do it once. And I'm talking about that when you're talking about buying something. Listen, the same thing I always tell people, you know, going to the racetrack. I'm like, hey, listen. Uh, Great example. Yeah, if you can't afford to play, don't play because guess what? Um, the guy who knows the most, the apps, he knows more than anybody. He loses like 85% of the time. Right. You know? Right. So I just thought it was a really interesting piece, but I got to tell you something. I don't feel guilty, not one bit. Be careful. And if you have any problems, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Stick around. We got a lot more to get to. This is Kaplan and crew from the 7 Mile Casino Studios. Hey, great friends. It's Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man. We're coming to you from the 7 Mile Casino Studios, 7milecasino.com. Now, as the show is going on, I want to tell you that I'm receiving text messages from Grande. The Eagle has landed in Vegas, and our Super Bowl week coverage will start tomorrow as Alex makes his way uh, down to Radio Row. But I will say he's sending pictures already from the airport in Vegas, and it is just jam-packed because if, you, um, if you're in the media industry, and you um, wanted to go to the Super Bowl or planned to go to the Super Bowl or have never even been to the Super Bowl, if ever there was a time that you were planning on going to the Super Bowl, it's this year in Vegas, the first time it's ever been there. So uh, Alex is sending pictures from the airport, and it is packed. And I don't know about you guys who are listening on 1090 right now, 
But earlier in the day, if you were listening to Jim Rome, Rome is Rome takes great pride in being the first guy there and the first guy to broadcast. And then what happens is on Mondays, Jimmy winds up having on like nobody. Like this guy's from the Vegas Insider Sports Network. You've never heard of him before, but I need somebody to talk to. Uh, or here comes Solomon Wilcots, who used to be on CBS 15 years ago, and he's sitting down. I love Solly Wilcots. Um, hey, I'm now doing an interview uh, with Lincoln Riley, which, you know, he's back at his office in L.A. But, you know, Jim takes great pride in being there. In fact, again, for those of you that are listening on radio, you heard Rome earlier. I was watching Rome today and watching what's going on in Vegas. Browner, I don't know if you've seen it. We're getting pounded by rain here in Southern California. And again, mm -hmm. everybody's down, chill out, hang with us, have fun. Don't hustle. Don't rush. Let's all just take it easy. But um, it looked like it was pouring rain all day in Vegas too. It looked wet and soggy and cold and gray. But I'll tell you this right now. The sphere in Vegas, for those of you that have been, I know I've been already, it's the most spectacular thing you've ever been to. And, and when they have Dead & Company in there later this year, that's another show I want to go to. U2 was awesome. Dead & Company, that's something I definitely want to go see. But the sphere on the outside, the way it is transitioning from Chiefs helmet to Niners helmet to like Super Bowl logos, dude, it, 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 it just doesn't even look real. It's so amazing. So a uh, lot of coverage coming your way this week from Vegas, which I guess we could really, uh, as the week goes on, we'll, we'll, there's actually a game. We'll wind up talking about the game too. Brown, it's only Monday. You, you, somebody's going to have to talk me out of taking the Chiefs in this game. Uh, won't be me, good sir. Won't be me. Won't be me. No. I, I, I've said this. I will repeat this. The two teams I saw the 49ers beat, they were in the same division as the Chicago Bears. And the Chicago Bears almost beat the Detroit Lions twice. And the Detroit Lions had the 49ers dead to rights. They just couldn't close the deal. So, and I just watched Patrick Mahomes put on two amazing road performances and one home performance in probably one of the coldest games you'll ever see. So I, it's going to take a miracle to beat him. The 49ers have the roster. I just don't think that the way that Patrick Mahomes and that team is elevated right now, I just don't see the 49ers bringing it to an end. Because you also got to remember, the 49ers have been cooked by Jordan Love and Jared Goff. What is Patrick Mahomes going to do to them? Like, look, just look at the games. Jordan Love cooked them and just threw it away at the end because he's a young man. And Jared Goff was crushing them and just went full lion. So it happens. There, there's no such thing as cheaping. There's no such thing as Mahomesing. Like <laughs> they're gonna close the deal. You mean like there, there's lionsing and there's chargering right. and there's, there's those there's those kinds of things, but there's no such yeah. thing as chiefsing. No, no, don't exist. The term yeah. does not enter anyone's brain. Yeah. You know, the thing is, um, when I look back at what the Chiefs defense did to Lamar Jackson. And look, I'll grant mm -hmm. you that Baltimore abandoned the running game. You know, Baltimore, we think of them, we perceive them to be a smash mouth, tough guy kind of team with a quarterback who's flashy um, and, and effective, especially with his feet. But we, we perceive the Ravens to be, like I said, a kind of a tough guy team. And they right. chose not to run the football. So when you don't run the football, 
And and listen, they were down, but they weren't down huge. They weren't down four or five scores. Remember, Kansas City only scored 17 points in the AFC Championship game and did not score a single point in the second half. Mm -hmm. They punted on every single possession. Punting on every single possession doesn't sound very good, and it's not, but they never turned the ball over. There were no fumbles. There were no interceptions. That was not the case for Baltimore. So here's the thing. While Baltimore abandoned the run, and San Francisco likely will never do that, because their best offensive player is probably Christian McCaffrey. You want to argue mm-hmm. that? Go ahead and argue it. But the point is that if the if the Chiefs were able to get Lamar Jackson on the ground, if the Chiefs were able to stop Lamar Jackson from running all over them, and if they were able to hit him and cause turnovers, I just look at Lamar Jackson as being much more mobile than yeah. Brock Purdy. And I, again, I will give Brock Purdy all the credit in the world. The second half of the NFC championship game made a lot of plays with his feet. He also avoided yeah. a lot of sacks. There were a number yeah. of times where he ducked and there were defensive linemen kind of draped all over him and he got away from those sacks and he turned it into positive yards. But I just don't think Brock Purdy is the athlete could be perception that Lamar Jackson is. And if Kansas city's defense can do what they did to Lamar, what will they do to Purdy? The advantage Purdy weeks. would have the advantage Purdy would have compared to Lamar is San Francisco will never give up on the running game. Well, I think that I think the advantage that the 49ers have that the Ravens didn't, they have a better offensive coach, one, and two, they have far better offensive personnel. Like Debo Samuel is a Swiss Army knife. Brandon Ayuk is great. George Kittle is great. Like they have guys who can make plays. That's how they got here. They didn't see the, the way we're having this conversation about this game is interesting when I I hear other people talk about it. We're talking about the things that the other players can do. Who's the wide? Who's the best wide receiver on the Chiefs? No one knows. They got one guy on Twitter cursing people out, saying he's not playing for whatever reason. Like uh, Kadarius Tony is cursing people out, cursing out people on the internet because he was uh, uh, injured. Injured did not dress like Mm -hmm. coach's decision or whatever the case may be. Okay. He's out here cursing at people, saying, I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. They playing games with me. Like, bro, your team's about to be in a Super Bowl. You got two weeks to get ready. How about you shut up and prepare? But nonetheless, like, the Kansas City Chiefs are Patrick Mahomes-driven. And as long as they're Patrick Mahomes-driven, all the other boats rise with the tide. Because the way that the 49ers are ran, Kyle Shanahan has to call the game perfectly. It better not rain. It better not be windy. Well, it, it better not be cold. It doesn't matter if it's rain or windy in this Super Bowl. <laughs> well, yes. Yes, because it's indoors. Mm-hmm. But if something goes wrong at any point with Brock Purdy outside, like let's say Christian McCaffrey goes down, they're cooked. They're cooked. If Clyde Edwards Hilaire goes down or uh, the other kid they got at running back, number one, they go down. They good. Kansas City's good. What are these wide receivers who you just switch out regardless of what their name is? Kansas City's good, but the, the 49ers don't do that. If Trent Williams goes out, the game's over. The game's over. So the way that these teams are talked about is very interesting to me because you have to mention all these other things before you get to Brock Purdy. 
you can't mention the other things on the Chiefs without talking about Patrick Mahomes. And that's the difference between the two. And that's why I have more trust in San Francisco. I mean, in Kansas City than I do in San Francisco. Same. I feel the same way. I mean, like to me, first and foremost, when the Patriots would make it to the Super Bowl nine times, I kept oh. saying every, every single time, I'd say, okay, let me see you beat them. When you beat them, then I'll believe it. And of the nine times that they were in the Super Bowl, they lost three of, of nine. So they won 66% of the Super Bowls they played in, and there were nine of them. So, That's crazy. So New England was a, was a what I would say, a good bet. Yeah. Kansas City has made it to six straight AFC Championship games. Great. This is, this is their second straight Super Bowl, and this would be Mahomes' third Super Bowl if mm -hmm. they could win it. So Mahomes... And I know there's this whole national conversation going on right now about Mahomes versus Brady and the whole goat conversation. I'm out on those kinds of things. But what he has done as a guy who's not even 30 years old, what he has done as a very, very young player is incredible. So I'm I'm inclined to, and again, today's Monday. Somebody, you're going to have a hard time talking me out of putting my money on Kansas City because the line has been Kansas City plus two. I think Kansas City straight up wins the game. Oh, yeah. So so I would be more inclined to take my chances with Kansas City. Yeah. That's a I mean that plus 2 is interesting. I think that's to draw people in cuz they ain't they, if again, if you watch the 49ers play, it was, they played terrible in the first half of both those games. I you will not be able to rebound if you do that against Kansas City. I know they didn't score against Baltimore, but Baltimore's one of the best defenses in the league we've seen two inferior quarterbacks cook this defense just cook it have that way with it one of them relatively a rookie in jordan love and the other one jared Goff, is a guy who people like but he's not a superstar they ain't paying manning back there that's just a that's a dude who can chuck it cooked you cooked you <laughs> all right Hey, you know, speaking of the Lions, I, I haven't had a chance yet to watch the Barry Sanders documentary. Have you seen that yet? Me neither. No, no, I don't, I haven't. And the only reason I even think I know about it, because it's on Amazon Prime, isn't it? Yeah. I'm asking you, because I know you've been watching this Mr. and Mrs. Smith yes. series on Amazon mm -hmm. Prime. I, um, I, and I, Amazon Prime, because of, of Thursday Night Football, that's how I found Reacher. Great show. You like it, huh? Great show. Yeah, I finished the second season. I got to the fourth episode of the second season. I finished the first season, got to the fourth episode of the second season, and I kind of stalled out. I got to get mm -hmm. back to it. I will. I will, but I just kind of stalled out on oh, it. Oh, you haven't gotten back to it? Not yet. Oh, see, um, episodes one and two of Reacher season two, it kind of was a little slow for me, and I thought, yeah, you have some work with in. It? But then I, But then I stuck with it, and then because I was wondering how are they going to perpetuate this story? And mm -hmm. um, and it kind of starts to come full circle later in the season. But I want you to get to the end of it because I want you to um, I want you to tell me what you think of the final episode of season two, because okay. here, here's a sneak preview without giving away any of the story of any kind. Um, everything thus far in Reacher where you are is completely believable to me. <laughs> I mean, completely <laughs> believable. <you know? laughs> like, here's this guy. He's six, five. He's two fifty. He's like, yeah. you know, a. He's he's completely jacked, and he and jacked. he he knows some martial art of some kind because he can take on like five six guys at a time, no problem. Reacher, with, Reacher, no whoop ass. That's all you need to know. 
Right, he's a black belt in whoop ass. Right. He and he got total confidence, ass. too. There's five guys around him, and he knows. I'm elbowing this guy in the face from behind me. I'm punching this guy in front of me. I'm breaking this guy's leg in half. He headbutts you know? every fight. He headbutts every fight. Every right. time. And, and I talked about that on the air, and I was talking about, like, if I ever get into a fight, I'm going to headbutt somebody. Please and don't. Paul Vaden, the ultimate, told me he, he was listening to the show. He was, Cap, please do not go in for a headbutt. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bad idea. <laughs> Yeah, bro, the headbutt is a TV thing. That's up on television. It looks badass on TV when you headbutt somebody. Brother, they can cut, and that's all fake. You headbutt somebody for real with some aggression, it's yeah. going to stay with you for a couple of days. <laughs> that ain't like some, I'm going to be cool in five minutes. I'm going to be a little dizzy, a little stunned. I, no, I bro. It, I, was episode one of Reacher where um, Reacher is uh, going to go to the ATM machine? And there's a lady at the ATM machine. Yeah, she's like, car she's like petrified. Jacked. She's crying. And her car was was jacked. And the guy who's the robber of the car is like sitting at the end of the block. And he's not only got her car, but he's also got her child in the car. Yeah. And Reacher is looking. He's behind her at the ATM. And he can see the mirror of the ATM. And he can look at her face. And he can see that she's crying. And Reacher says to her, he goes, don't say anything. And don't move. But I'm going to help you. Is that guy, does that, did that guy carjack you? Yes. She goes, yes. And and do you have a child in that car? And she's like, yes. And he goes, okay, don't move. I'm going to help you. Reacher takes his jacket off, right? Walks up to the car, smashes the window of the car, and then proceeds to beat the ever living hell out of the carjacker, right? Oh, <laughs> like to me, Browner, that's believable. That's real. That could really happen. You, Yeah. A person with that level of skill and strength can do that, sir. You... No, yeah, remember no, not, you threw a water bottle. You threw a water bottle, and yeah. that almost cost you a lot. Yeah, I threw a water bottle at a Lyft driver and almost got my ass. Right. Okay, so yeah, I'm not in. So. Yeah, so that I don't have Reacher's confidence, his size, his background, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I want but, you to see the. But I want you to see the last episode of season okay. two of Reacher because of everything that I've seen, it all is believable to me. Until uh, we get to the last episode oh, no, of season two. There's just, there's just the, no. it, and, it, and it's, it's just, it's just, I, I just, I want you to Come see the on. last, just give me the okay. last, get to the last episode. Is it, is it bad? I'm not going to say anything. Okay. Not, no, I loved it. I absolutely loved it, but I definitely thought from a like cinematic perspective, I'm no expert <laughs> in this, but from a cinematic perspective, I think you're going to watch and go, you know, everything else seemed really real until this. <laughs> so uh the re reacher has been they're already uh booking season three it's already yeah. going to be done so that's mm -hmm. good that's good news i what got me off of reacher was uh true detective okay how far into true are you caught up on true detective i'm caught I, I this last episode i haven't seen yet but i've seen all except for this last one okay so how many are there so far five i think four four I think okay four, four. So everybody's trying to get me to watch True Detective, and I haven't watched it. I I don't have any history with the series, but from what I'm told is each episode is like a whole new story, so you can kind of jump in whenever. Each is season is a whole new story. Each okay. season is a whole new story, and each each season obviously follows a, a storyline. But the, the reason this I haven't started the, I, the reason uh, I haven't started yet is because I want to wait because I'm going to binge it. That's what'll happen for me. I will binge it. And if, if there's only four and then I get to four and then I have to wait a week, I'm not going to be happy. Like I binged Reacher thinking that both seasons were out and I got Ooh. through the first season and I got through episode like five or six of season two, only to realize that I have to still wait for season, for episode seven and eight. And I don't like to do that. I, I know some people love the anticipation of waiting the week, 
I Not want me, it. I don't care. I want I want to be able to watch it when I want to watch it. For you, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, all of it already on there, ready to go. There's another right, one ahead. I just saw on Netflix. It's about this woman who's a uh, like a mob boss, like a Griselda. Cocaine. Yeah, Griselda. Yeah, Alex watches it. Oh, he does. Yeah, I want to see yeah. that too. I don't, I don't, Sophia Regard is not a good enough actress for me to, for me to sit down and watch a whole one hour of her do anything. I'll well, pass. I'm curious. I'm curious on it. All right. Hey, listen, it's fake too. Yeah. Uh, it's time for the highlight of the day. The highlight of the day is presented by Tory Holistics and California Holistics and soon coming Oxnard Holistics. And uh, Browner has just put up on the screen for everybody who's watching. It is the, uh, it is the QR code. Our monthly promo code is better bud so when you go into tory holistics or california holistics and you say hey i've got a promo code better bud you save 20 percent on purchases of 75 dollars or more as a matter of fact i had to stop by tory holistics last night a friend of mine said hey if you're down that way can you grab something for me i did and when i went into the waiting room um i said to the other folks that were there hey guys um you guys want to save some extra money while you're here they're like yeah of course i'm like use my promo code better bud and it's not like anybody at the shop is like hey don't do that Everybody's right. like everybody's totally stoked to to share right. these these codes. Better Bud will save you twenty percent when you spend seventy five dollars or more at Tory Holistics and California Holistics. So my highlight of the day today, Brown, I got to give it up to uh, to the Lakers for their win on Saturday night against the Knicks. Now you you're watching the entire NBA. I only watch the Lakers. Um, the mm -hmm. Lakers with two straight losses last week. And all the controversy around is Darvin Ham going to stay? Is, is there a problem? Are there problems upstairs? Um, are they playing the wrong guys? LeBron James and Anthony Davis sitting out. It seemed like it wasn't just purely injury. In LeBron's case, it always seems like he's kind of protesting something. Strategically sitting out, yeah. Right. And they sat out that game against Boston last week. And all of a sudden, the Lakers played. I watched the, pro the post game show that night. Robert Ory said, is the best team basketball they've played all year long and to me robert ory was taking a shot at lebron and ad the fact absolutely that you, guys, you guys are on the bench and they're playing good team ball um this and then Le 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 lebron comes back and what do they do they they beat the knicks i mean all of a sudden it's hard to tell with these with the lakers it ain't How hard to they tell. Might, might not be all right well tell me then we watched them go full in on the end season tournament and looked unbelievable looked truly unbelievable looked like a title threat LeBron, for whatever reason, realizes at some point in the season, I'm not going to win the championship. So now I'm going to blame everybody else, and I'm going to kick up some dust. You're not firing Darvin Ham. For who? Who? Who's going to coach this team? This is all when, – when LeBron and AD didn't play, those guys listened to the coach. Watch the timeouts when they don't play. Guys are locked in listening to Darvin Ham. When they do play – there are three guys looking this way. There's one guy looking that way. There's one guy looking at Darvin Ham. Like, it's just the, the drama, the drama that always surrounds LeBron James when he's not winning, when he's not winning. It's never about him. It's about everybody else. So kudos to the Lakers for getting a job done when them two clowns didn't play. They looked better. They looked better. Like, okay, LeBron's awesome. LeBron's great. AD's great. But if they don't listen to the coach, and both those dudes are out there playing their own offense. Like it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't. Look I also, good, so. I also feel like these these other players, their job, and they all know it. I'm here to serve them. Yes. And so when yes. they're not when they're not playing, I can play free and I can do my own thing. When they get back in the lineup, give the ball to LeBron. Right. Give the ball to AD. And on they occasion, should though. 
uh, right. But and on occasion, I may shoot the ball. But the fact is, is it's their team. Now, all of a sudden, those two guys are sitting on the bench. Now it's our team. Right. Anyway. All right. right, Stick around. Listen, for those of you listening on radio, lots, lots, lots more to get to. And for those of you that are part of the podcast, we're going to go get uncensored. And Grande should join us from Vegas. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studio. Stick around. All right, everybody. Uh, We are getting ready for Vegas. We're getting ready for Day one of Super Bowl week, and look who's made it to the uncensored portion of today's podcast because it was Grande. It was me and Brown today, just the two of us, man. And he had to co-host and direct and produce, and I had to yap, yap, yap the whole time. Proud of you guys. Yeah. Just hanging in back, bro. You guys do a full breakdown of Jay-Z's diss speech yesterday? We didn't. Browner said he didn't watch the Grammys. Um, I did. I saw it live. And, um, you know, Who was he dissing? Well, he dissed. Here's what he did, Browner. He dissed everybody. He was like, look. Um, can you imagine the number of Grammys? He didn't ever said Beyonce's name. He called her this young lady. He goes, can you imagine the number of Grammys that she has, but she's never won album of the year? And then he was like, but, you know, listen, it's it's an opinion thing and it's a taste thing. And um, he goes, but let's face it. Some of y'all don't even belong in the category. Right. And, he, and then he goes, and then he goes, you know, I get I tell the truth when I get nervous. I mean, it, I, I really thought, um, I don't know. I knew people were going to blow it up because it's Jay-Z, but. And also, who won album of the year? Because it was Taylor Swift, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so of course, you know. Good luck beating her at anything at this point in time in history, bro. Like, I like Beyonce, dude. I really do. But these folks, again, as a black person, they think the world revolves around Beyonce when it comes to music and females. And it doesn't. Like, there are other artists out there doing more and doing it bigger. Well, like they Taylor make, Swift. And it's well, okay. Guess what? guess what? You know what they do? They make it, they make it seem like it's racist then. Well, you know, it's yeah, racist. And it's not... Yeah, it's racist. If, if Beyonce hasn't won album of the year, then guess what? It's racist, and that's that's kind of what he was trying to say. I think at least that's the way the, I interpret it. Don't go. The, I don't go. Yeah, he wasn't. He was accepting like a lifetime achievement award. Like, yeah, right. It, it wasn't don't like go. he was surprised to be on stage. So this was clearly planned. It was a planned attack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's so many people every year who are mad at the Grammys. Bro, if y'all so mad at the Grammys, don't go. Yeah, don't go. Like, it's a cool thing to act like you don't care about the Grammys. Right, right. they didn't invite you, but they all care about the Grammys. Right, of yeah. So, um, so I watched the Grammys last night. I actually also one of the things I talk about in today's show, Alex, you weren't here for it. I watched sixty minutes. They did this thirteen-minute piece on how um, gambling apps are creating addiction for young men, and they're comparing it to smoking, and <laughs> how you know, like um, how these lawyers are now going after the gambling industry because they're using algorithms and artificial intelligence to you know bring in guys between 25 and 35 years old blah 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 and I, and and I got this tweet from somebody yesterday it's like you're really doing your audience a disservice because you're you're promoting these gambling sites I'm like dude hey look if you can't control it then don't do it you know same goes for don't go to the 7 mile casino if you can't control it don't go, don't go there if you if you can't you know smoke weed and, and enjoy it without being addicted to it don't go to Tory Holistics you know so anyway yeah anyway um, where was I? So as, as I'm in Vegas about to go gamble. Well, man, yeah. listen, but that's just it is, is listen, don't forget the NFL forever said, don't gamble. And now the NFL then, has a team in Vegas and now is it has a Super Bowl in Vegas. And the so, draft- by the way, still suspended guys for gambling in the NFL, by the way, if you gamble, you still play to go suspend your ass. So be careful. All right. Let me do this, Alex, for everybody that's watching on, on uh, YouTube right now. Um, 
show everybody where you are. Let's because as as rainy and as gnarly and as miserable as yeah. it is here in San Diego and Orange County and L.A., show everybody what's going on in Vegas. All right, full screen this foo. Full screen. Here you go. Welcome to Las Vegas, y'all. Las Vegas. Go. Vegas, baby. Look at that. Is there a live golf tournament here this weekend? Come on, really? I'm pretty sure that I saw they're, they're competing directly with uh, with the Phoenix Open. They they invented a party hole for the live golf tournament. Why would they do it? Well, I guess if they end on Saturday, yeah, you can. So, wow. there's a lot happening here. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I'm gonna go to the Sphere. I think I'm gonna go on Wednesday. What's going on inside the Sphere? I'm gonna go watch that that movie. Which one? That, that, the one that was anything. The one that was that was filmed specifically for the Sphere. I don't know anything about it. I mean, I obviously Paul, I knew I knew the, the YouTube director thing. of of La La Land. Uh huh. Made a movie which basically looks like Planet Earth, mm -hmm. but designed to air specifically in that dome thing. Okay. Uh huh. So it's like. 50 bucks. I was like, yeah, hey, might as well go check it out. I don't, I don't need to see you too. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to go to the sphere again when, Oh, it's the chief's logo. Right. Let now. me see. Let me see what you got. You can you see, can't it. see it. You're going to see the top. You barely, you barely saw it the first time he showed it to you. I know. Oh, now it changed. Of course. Of course it changed. This is great. It's NFL the whole time though. There it's NFL up there right now. They can afford it. Dude, I'm I, I'm going to be curious to see how the week goes, man. Because again, I remember when Dallas got the Super Bowl, people were like, "This sucks, man. I'll never want to go to Dallas again." One time, I was in Atlanta for a Super Bowl. This is probably the late '90s, and it was a freezing ice storm, dude, crazy. And it was like, "This sucks. I'm never coming back to Atlanta for a Super Bowl." Indianapolis was cold, but like you said, Brown, I expected it. Minneapolis was cold, and I'd never go back you there for a Super it. Bowl. Never going back there, though. Bro, they going to ask you to. Cold. That was like. That was like pierce your skin cold though. Yeah, it was. They ain't gonna ask you to. They ain't in another getting, stadium. I remember getting off the shuttle, the hotel shuttle to Mall of America, and we get dropped off in the shade, and my face hurt, like hurt. I ran to the sun, because it was like, a, maybe a few degrees. It, it was crazy. It was, I've never felt that cold in my life. Wait till the Super Bowl is in Chicago in two years when they get that stadium. That's no. what y'all need to be worried about. Because isn't it in New Orleans and Arlington? And then Phoenix and then LA. Hmm. It's already like the next three are already done. You if you get a stadium, you get a Super Bowl. That's the deal. So Chicago has never had one. So when they you get that stadium. About, did you guys talk about the World Cup announcements? About no, man. No, no we would have to no, we would need you for that. We would no. need you. The World well, Cup announcements. You, it's it's regarded, it's regarding stadiums. Like I was surprised that the finals gonna be in MetLife in New York. Why, why were you surprised by that? I mean, you figure New York is, you know, is the number one country in America or number one city in, in America. Right. So why, why would New uh, York not get the final? Because yeah. it's because Jerry world is bigger and more central. And yeah, but, but, um, but one is outdoors. I mean, the right. one in New York is outdoors where yeah. you, you'll but use all natural grass. All of Qatar was indoors. Right. But that was because of the heat. I don't know. I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, you, you thought I, yeah. I, to me, if the decision is between New York, LA and Dallas, it comes in New York, LA, Dallas. Yeah. It's fat. Well, and then we're going to be hearing about turf versus grass and, right. and all that. And then I was surprised two two of the U S men's national games, two of the three guaranteed games will be in LA. That's, oh, that's cool. Me too. Yeah. 
you know, speaking of grass and, and, you know, stadiums and all this kind of stuff, I was reading today that the 49ers are pissed yeah. about some surface or something at UNLV, which is where they're practicing, but they're not yeah. happy with the field conditions. I'm like a couple of things. One, the NFL is the one who has to go deal with all this. And two, mm-hmm. the Niners have to have like some advanced scouting, traveling secretary type people that go and check this shit out. Yeah. So they're pissed because it's too soft. And it's like, have you guys looked up and looked down to see why it's probably so soft? Because it's raining buckets at the moment. Mm. Like it was like, you know, what are you going to yell at Mother Nature for flooding the field? Is there not an indoor option for the Niners? I don't know. I mean, can't they go into the stadium? Well, I guess not. Oh, we got opening night tonight. We're we got us us media folk can be up in there. Are you is today Bro. media? Is today media day or is it like today today is where- that today's that one where like Deion Sanders used to walk around and like interview yeah. him? Yeah. At the podiums. That's tonight. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go to that. Okay. That's at are you gonna interview people at the podium like that? No, that but useless. just but just here's here's the deal. <laughs> so could you just set up for everybody who's still watching what interview is can you just tell everybody what our, our schedule is? Cause you've already booked some stuff for the week. Yeah. Oh yes. I would love to. I don't have it in front of me, okay. but I mentioned Akbar Basha be Mila Friday. Yeah. I mentioned he, he, he mentioned all the below guests mentioned the real guests. Yeah, the real I said, one. I said Antonio Gates, Antonio Gates, Akbar Basha be Mila. What's below that? What's below? I'm trying. Brown is not confirmed, man. You people need to hit me back. I didn't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it there. If you can't listen, if we if, until we lock it down, I don't want to say it because I don't I want people to down. I'm trying. I've e- I've emailed them. They've gone back to me. They're like we're looking at the schedule, and which means normally that's not going to happen. So I could just mm-hmm. pretty much say that it's most likely not going to happen. Even though I've tried, that's the hardest I've tried for some. Who is it? Get a little. No, we ain't gonna say it. Let's get it, man. A little walk and talk, man. Do a little walk and talk. Yeah. Okay. Um. I need to get to Radio Row to confirm that we can even do guests. All right, and go. Then, uh, no, 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 I'm not saying now. I'm saying like oh. when I go he there. Go. You know he has yeah. to go. This I is just go. a way for him to get you out. This is a good. You got to go. Well, I got to go today. I got to go visit uh, our boy Jason Finley up at Callaway. Shout out. I got to. Uh, I got clubs here. Nah, I got, I got all kinds of shit to see him. About. I ain't never getting them clubs, man. What clubs do you want? You're lucky. You out. You're a right. lefty, pain in the like ass. The number one sponsor, Phil Mickelson. Hey. Ooh, he, ain't, he ain't the number one guy anymore. Well, he was, but you know, times change. <laughs> all right. Uh, Alex, go do your thing. Good luck. Get us all set up. We're ready for Vegas tomorrow. Um, Browner, great job today. I knew just the two of us, which was well, awesome. it's not up yet. It's not up yet. That's true. Great job, at least <laughs> recording. And, all, and week, the, yeah. all week and, he's going to put it up. So. And the whole Jim yeah. Steak thing, unfortunately, just didn't happen. But that's on Jim, not on us. So, Alex, I know you got to kind of deal with that Internet. stuff. Too. So, um, all right, we're back tomorrow. Until tomorrow, peace out, everybody. <laughs>